Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is from the Old Testament, especially verses 2 and 3. The king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Well, a story is told, though, in San Francisco, a pastor was sitting in his study the day after Christmas, and he looked out and he could see the church nativity scene. And he looked at it, he examined it, and said, wait, something's wrong. And he noticed baby Jesus was missing. And so he was a little bit concerned. He runs out to kind of look and investigate. Now, the corner of his eye, he saw this little boy on the street with a wagon. And so he looked at him, and then he realized baby Jesus was in the wagon. And so the pastor goes over to, to the little boy, and he asks, well, where did you get your passenger? And the little boy said, well, from the church. And the pastor then said, well, why would you take baby Jesus? He says, well, a week ago I prayed to the Lord that I would get a red wagon. And I told Jesus if he'd give it to me, I'd give him a ride around the block. <laughs> the boy knew what he wanted to give Jesus. Here we stand on the prefaces of Christmas. What do we give the Lord? We're going to celebrate the birth of our Savior. What do we offer? What do we give to the Lord? And we have a lesson in that today in the Old Testament. Because David wants to give the Lord a gift. We're going to look at how the Lord receives that gift. Or how the Lord handles the offer of that gift. And we're going to be reminded of how the Lord deals with us. And how he deals with us in grace and mercy. And so when we come to the, the Old Testament lesson, we see that, that David has been richly blessed. This is what he says. Here I am living in a palace of cedar. The Lord has been blessed. David has been blessed by the Lord richly. As a child, he was chosen by God to be a king. He was anointed and set aside. The Lord gave David victory militarily time and time again, the defeat of Goliath and many other enemies of God's people. The Lord protected David when Saul wanted to kill him, protected him when Absalom wanted to kill him. He protected and blessed him all throughout this. And then when David sinned and sinned grievously, God in his grace offered him forgiveness. The Lord had dealt richly with David. And David understood. He understood that this was God's grace and he deserved nothing from it. He recognized all that he had was a gift of God. And he recognizes that here I am living in a palace of cedar. He is wealthy. He has power. It's a gift from God. And now, out of his faith in the Lord and his thanksgiving to God, he has an idea to give back to God. He's living in a palace. God is living in a tent. And so David says, I will build a temple. I will build a house for the Lord. I will offer this wonderful gift to God. And it makes perfect sense. Even Nathan thought it was a good idea. Nathan said to David, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. Problem is, Nathan didn't check with God. That was not going to be God's plan. But as we sit here this morning, on Christmas Eve morning, are we not blessed? Can, can you not take a moment and, and think about the way that the Lord has blessed you? Has he not answered your prayer of giving you daily bread? How do you respond 
How do you respond to, to the richness of God's blessings for you? You know, we don't always respond the best, right? We're not always good at remembering this. We, we don't always realize the blessings that are ours. Sometimes we like to take credit for it, right? We take a look at what we have, take stock in what we possess and what belongs to us, and we're pretty proud. We think to ourselves, look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. We're proud of the talents that we have used, what we have accomplished, the, the, the things that we have overcome, the ability to get to where we are. We're pretty proud. And we're not always as thankful as we should. And how often do we fail to pause and give thanks to God? And sometimes we're not thankful because we want more. That we just think, well, if I just had a little bit more, I would really be at peace. Then I wouldn't have to worry. I just had a little bit more, and you could fill in the blank. Time, money, whatever it is, power. If I just had a little bit more, everything would be well. We take for granted what God has given us. We forget. It's all a gift of God, and we deserve nothing from Him. And yet, He has. And that's why it's so powerful on holidays like this, right? Because it is a moment to pause. To pause and to think about the blessings that God has given us. Or to read the text like this from David. And to be challenged by, by David to, to see if we offer our thanks and praise. If we recognize that that which we get is a gift of God. See, when we see David respond, we, we see that it is a product of his faith. And our ability to show our thanks and, and praise to God is a product of our faith. And so what do we do? What do we offer to the Lord? We want to give back. Um, there's no palace for us to build, but, but certainly there's something we could give. We want to respond. We want to show our appreciation thanks when we take this pause and we see in faith what God has given us. And, and as we respond, it doesn't always seem like it's enough. Because what we give, we're really giving back to God, what he's given us. The gifts seem insufficient. How can we really repay for all that he has given? How do we show our, our proper thanks? And sometimes we feel like it's been a little insincere. We offer our praise and prayers and thanksgiving to the Lord on Sunday morning. And then what are we doing Tuesday afternoon? We're not exactly living the way that God would want us to do it. We're not sharing the forgiveness and love the way that he intends. It seems to undercut the gifts that we have been given. But I would put forward to you that when we go through this process, as always, our focus is on the wrong thing. We're thinking about ourselves as the ones giving. As we go through this, what we're going to see is God wants us to see him as the giver. And we receive. It is fascinating that, that David has this idea of a wonderful gift to God. Nathan gives his approval, but God says, no. i got a different plan. He's told that he will not build a temple. He, David is told, or Nathan is told, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, would you build me a house to dwell in? He goes on to say, I've never asked anyone to build a temple. I'm fine with the plan that I had given. And, and God wants David to recognize that the Lord is the giver, 
David is the receiver. Isn't it striking that as David offers this gift of the temple, God says no, but then he launches into this history of what he has done for who? For David. What he has given to David. He recounts all that he did. Listen to again to what God says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture from following the sheep that you should be patient prince over my people, Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and cut off all your enemies before you. God's reminding him, I'm the giver. I'm the one who give to you. David is not going to build a temple. God's going to continue to give to David. Here David offers this gift of a temple and God responds, no. Moreover, the Lord declares to you, that I will make you a house, and your house will, and your kingdom shall be made forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. David offered a gift to God, and God says, no, I'm going to continue to give to you. I'm going to establish your throne forever. I am a God of grace. And we are reminded, that's who our Lord is, especially on this Christmas Eve morning. God is a giver. He gives to us even when we don't deserve it. He, he gives beyond anything we could ask and a blessing beyond our imagination. It all begins with Him. He's the one that gives. And as we transition this morning from Advent to Christmas, we clearly see the Lord as the giver, do we not? Tonight and tomorrow, what do we celebrate? The gift of the greatest the gift ever given to humanity, the Savior of the world, the gift of salvation. And this is the fulfillment of what God promised David in the text today, God had said, your throne will last forever. How is that going to last forever? But in the person of Jesus, the gift of a Savior. Jesus is that son of David who would reign forever. And the beauty of this is that this is the second person of the Trinity who took his step down from his place of glory to become a baby. He stepped down from heaven and entered a manger. Before he takes his place in reigning for eternity, he would journey to the cross. He would suffer and die. Then he would rise, conquering death and sin, and then ascend, and now he reigns. That reign that was spoken and promised to David is taking place today. The Lord reigns, and he will reign forever. He's at the right hand of the Father. And as we gather here today, he continues to give. He gives you life. He gives you forgiveness. He gives you joy. He gives you peace. He gives you all that you need or could imagine. We simply receive. And we receive with thanksgiving. But also understand, we don't receive idly. What we don't hear in the rest of the story, which is what I always find fascinating, is how David responds. Right? David is told, no, you're not going to build the temple, but your son will. So David could just simply say, okay, I'm done. I don't have to do anything. That's not what he does. David immediately goes to work. He gathers the materials. He picks out the artisans. He makes the plan. He has everything ready so that the moment that he dies, his son can start the project. He doesn't idly receive the gifts of God. He receives them with thanksgiving. And he trusts God's promise. God had promised that his son would build the temple. So he, in trusting that promise, he acts on that. And isn't that the action that a Lord asks of us? We don't have to give anything to God. 
But we receive with thanksgiving the gifts that he has given to us, and we respond trusting in his promises. Again, the promise given to David that, that, is that, that the one sitting on the throne will, will last forever. His reign will never come to an end. That's a promise that, that we have a Lord that reigns over us now, but eternally. That one day he's coming back. The way we respond to our Lord is, is trusting in that promise. That the one who came in Bethlehem is coming back one day and we are preparing our life of eternity with him. We respond with thanks, trusting in his promises, getting into his word, celebrating his word, giving thanks for his word, sharing his word. We respond with love to God and thanksgiving to God. That's why we're here today, right? To, to show our thanks and appreciation. And the Lord rejoices as we receive and as we trust in him. And as we share that love to him and as we share that love and kindness to those around us. As we point others to the Lord over all things. In that the Lord rejoices. That's the Lord's desire out of us. Again, as we think about this, we cannot match God's gift. That's not what God wants. The Lord wants us to humbly receive all of his blessings with a joy in our heart. He wants us to trust his word and trust his promises. And so that's what we do. Tonight we rejoice in the gift of a Savior. Tomorrow we rejoice in the gift of a Savior. We rest secure in the love of the Lord, a love that will never end, a love that is eternal. This is God's now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds to true faith, life everlasting. Amen.